Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So the way I understand it, if a government has um, more money going out than they have coming in, they'll be running a deficit. That's certainly the case here in Alberta, as we're all well aware. Uh, a few years ago, uh, revenues crashed in a big way. And uh, spending really hasn't gone down at all. And it's certainly not new that uh, governments in Alberta want to have their cake and eat it too. We want to to be amongst the highest spenders per capita in the country. Uh, yet like we like to have uh, the lowest taxes in the country too. Well, that's, that's a recipe for big deficits. And, you know, sometimes oil revenues can help gloss that over. Other times, like now, not so much. So you would think, though, that this would be straightforward enough to calculate. How much uh, revenue is coming in? How much uh, are we spending? Do the math. There's your deficit. But as it turns out, it's not that simple. A new study out today from the uh, School of Public Policy at the University uh, of Calgary looks at uh, how recent changes to how we do budgets in Alberta has, has kind of skewed uh, all of this. And made it more difficult for people to at least compare where we're at now versus where we've been in the past. Now, joining us to, to explain all of this a bit further is one of the authors of this report, uh, Ron Nebones, professor of economics at the U of C, also with the School of Public Policy. Ron, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Uh, thank you. Uh, as you pointed out in the report, defining a government by its finances is a tricky business. But, I mean, should it be? Why is it? Uh, because... It's not at all clear what we mean when we – everybody talks about the government, but we're not all that sure about what we mean by uh, what defines the government. And I'll just give you an example of that. Um, I wonder if your listeners have an opinion about whether or not the University of Calgary is part of the Alberta government. Now, for a lot of years, the government, when it did its financial accounting, said no, it wasn't. And the the idea was that although the government provided some revenue to the universities, um, they also raised their own revenue uh, through tuition and through philanthropy. And most importantly, the government really didn't have very much say in whether or not a professor was hired or fired or things like that. And so the government took the attitude that although we provide money to the universities, they're not part of the Alberta government. Well, in 2015, the former PC government changed direction. They said, no, actually, we think that should be included in the definition of government. We, we give revenue to the universities, and so we should include that in our, when we define our budget. And there are a number of parts of the economy like that where the government in 2015 decided to make this change. Let's take these, those entities, which are kind of not necessarily part of everyone's definition of government, but let's bring them into the definition of government. And when they did that, it dramatically 
uh, change the government's accounting. Well, yeah, I suppose it would. So we went from what was known before as a fiscal plan to a consolidated financial plan. So it's technical terms, but it basically means we're, we're casting a much bigger net here. It, we're casting a much bigger net. So when they made that change in 2015, all of a sudden the government brought in about uh, $4.5 billion of revenue that they weren't counting as part of the government's accounts before. Uh, and about a similar amount uh, that of spending that was not part of the government before, but now they included it. Okay, so was I mean, was there any practical value to doing so, or was it was it about making the books look better? It was it was an accounting decision, and I, I suspect what happened at the time is that the financial accountants of Canada, I'm not sure what the organization might be called, but that they have been pushing this idea in governments for a long time to have a, a more uh, inclusive definition of what we mean by government. And there, there was no politics in this. It, it wasn't to the PC government's advantage to make the government seem bigger. As, as a matter of fact, I would assume their knee-jerk response would be tried to do something to make it look smaller. Um, and, and the NDs have just continued it. So there's nothing nefarious going on here. It's just a, a change in accounting. The, the problem is, uh, and you alluded to it in your introduction, is that when you try to compare what the government is doing today relative to what it did 10 years ago or 20 years ago, it's now impossible because the government's changing how it's defining what it means by expenditures and revenues and deficits. So what we've done, my co-author and I, Rita, Margarita Wilkins and I, we went through the government accounts, and I don't recommend this to anybody, no. <laughs> uh, and read them so that the the accounting we present and the data is available on the school's website is this is done in the same way it was done in the past and so now you can compare um, apples to apples and we can compare what the government's doing today to what it was doing 20 years ago and then that's important because I, I think people need to understand where we're at now because we've gone through through these kinds of cycles before the boom and bust cycles and so yeah we have differing views on on how unique this situation is or how unique the government's approach to this situation so this would be a reasonable way of answering those questions let's look back in time and, and see what happened uh, during these these previous downturns I, I i agree completely and this is why i think that's why it's important we we want to uh, we've done this in the past. <laughs> There's nothing new under the sun, as they say, and, and, and the government has run into oil price collapses in the past, and they respond in a certain way. We're in this situation again. We'd like to be able to look back to the past to evaluate how the government behaved and whether or not that was a good idea as so we think about what we would like the government to do in the future. So when you run the numbers through the uh, through the translator, we take the current approach and, and put it in, in the old way of doing things, how much does it change the, the current government deficit as we know it? Um, well, so last year, about this time, uh, Finance Minister Sisi was announcing that the government had um, a deficit of $10.8 billion. If you If he had used the same accounting convention that had been used in the in the past, he would have said it was $11.8 billion. So it's about a billion-dollar difference by changing that accounting definition. Wow. Well, yeah, that's not insignificant, is it? No, but no one should – don't think that we created a deficit when there wasn't one before. It was just that some of these uh, revenues and expenditures were – 
uh, not on the government's books before, but now they are. And so there's an implication for the size of the deficit. By the way, I mean, is Alberta unique in in accounting this way? Do other provinces or the federal government do it this way? Oh, you hear my moan. (laughs) Uh, As Rita and I did this for every province, and every province tends to do things a little bit differently. So some provinces do as Alberta does currently, and and takes a very uh, broad definition of government. Others do what Alberta used to do in the past, which is take a narrower view. And and that and that's also difficult because it's hard to compare one province to another because they're using different accounting techniques. Um, so we have uh, again the data is available for anyone to see and evaluate on their own. Um, it it is a challenge to compare provinces one to another because they use different financial accounting. But uh, most provinces have have stayed with the same accounting procedure over time. Alberta switched, and that's where the difficulty came in. So that's why we tried to unwind it all so we can continue to compare past Alberta budgets to current Alberta budgets. Yeah. Well, as you say, we don't envy you, but some important (laughs) work, absolutely. Uh, Policyschool.ca, people can read more there. Uh, Ron, thanks so much for joining us here today. Appreciate this. You're welcome. Take care. Uh, Ron Kneebone, uh, Professor of Economics at the University of Calgary, also with the School of Public Policy. So uh, attempting to kind of, you know, run the numbers through the old lens and see what we come out with. And I mean, yeah, it presents a a different uh, snapshot of how big our deficit really is. But again, I mean, the, the NDP didn't invent this new method of accounting, but it certainly paints a different picture. 403-974-8255 is a number. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.